It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm a natural born pessimist where Aston Villa are concerned, just through kind of bitter experience of, of them teasing us along and then pulling the rug. Things beside us from a ruin, to be fair, just I can't describe the importance of a uh, day 12, 12 months ago. Well, the whole run of games to me seems just like one big, massive, 10 match long single game. How did that happen? I guess, obviously, the, the very easy answer to say is that Jack Grealish comes back and all of a sudden we're actually quite good at football again. The way he comes back, captain's armband, you're the poster boy of this club anyway, you go out there and lead us to promotion. I spoke to his dad, Kev, and he said, oh, Jack, Jack phoned me, and I picked the, picked the phone, said, right, Jack? He said, yeah, dad, uh, man like Jack. And Kev was like, what are you going on about, Jack? He said, man like Jack. He said, Jack, what are you going on about? I don't know what you're talking about. He said, man like Jack, I'm the man. I've been given the captaincy. I'm going to captain Aston Villa. And Kev was like, why the f*** didn't you just say that? <laughs> it's brilliant. I had no qualms in giving him the captaincy of this, of this football club and he's, he's took on that responsibility admirably. That goal against Derby, oh my word. It was a sweet spot and it wasn't by chance. You know, he scored, he, he scored that, that volley against Cardiff, didn't he? With hindsight, you can look back on a few different moments and think, oh yeah, that was a massive deal, that was a massive deal. Because it was Birmingham as well and it was such a big deal. It's just f- from then on, pretty much nothing goes wrong. You do wonder what a moment that was in terms of galvanising and, and, and uniting the dressing room and the fan base together. So I think that was pivotal. If you'd have said to me after that that game when the 1-0 and Jack scored the winner against Blues, is this the, the springboard for, for Villa to win promotion? I probably wouldn't have said so then. But looking back at it now, I think that was a, a really important moment along the journey. Yeah, I think the importance of that Sheffield Wednesday result away at Hillsborough can't be understated. And to be there would have been absolutely magical, I'm telling you. There was just a steady momentum, but not once until the final whistle blew at Wembley did I think that, that is the moment that's convincing me Aston Villa are going up. Got to be Rotherham, why? I looked at the table as the game was being played out, and Rotherham just, just equalised. Down to 10, then Ming's just been sent off. I'm thinking, thinking the worst of it here. So as soon as we pulled it back then, I just knew. That was, that was when it clicked. That's when the penny dropped, thinking, you know what? We're riding some multi-wave here. Um, I think we're going to go up. You know, halfway through the run, I was thinking, you know, we can do this. Like, there's so much optimism in this team, and they're, they're playing beyond, like, tactical instruction. Dean Smith is getting so much out of them. I think the, the Leeds game and the Norwich game, I think they were important because I think they kind of almost reset Villa, as if to say, as good as you are, Nothing's going to be given to you. That was another example, a bit like the Blues thing with Jack, that the lads all kind of rally together and they all stick up for each other and they all fought for each other. And it's like you look at the, the squad as a whole and you think they're all in this together and that will help us carry through. You know, you're on the back of this 10-game winning run that's got you into the playoffs against all the odds in the first place. And you're thinking, yeah, this is a, this is a, a, a kind of Claret and Blue bandwagon that can't be halted. And then Glenn Whelan gets dispossessed within, I don't know, five minutes of the, of the home leg against West Brom. And you're thinking, oh, there you are, Villa. Okay, I remember you. Like how much hang actually hung on the balance of just fate, li- literal fate? You know, you have that Jed Steer say from Jay Rodriguez, if that doesn't happen, Villa is still in the championship now. I think Albion shot themselves in the foot because I think they tried, to, they tried to introduce these spoiling tactics. They were happy to go back to the Hawthorns with a, with a 1-0 win. All of a sudden, Villa, there was a feeling amongst Villa that, 
you're not going to do that. You're not going to behave like that. Kind of. This is this is our manner. Just a little moment, isn't it? Little little flash, flash points. You know, Gal being sent off. Albin on top. Urahan scoring a wonder goal and nothing. A lot is made of Harahan's goal, as good as it is. Without Jed Steyer, Villa are gone. There's no way back. Minutes later, we get a penalty, and you know all of this happened in front of the halt, hasn't it? And uh, Tammy Abraham buries it. Villa are back on top. I was at the Hawthorns in the press box and I won't name the guys I was sitting next to but I was sat between two West Bromwich Albion fans and it was proper tense. Couldn't get a ticket for the away end obviously. Ticket sold gold dust and I was in my kitchen bolting my house. So my dad wanted to go out for a walk at one point when, when the penalties were on. Couldn't watch it. It was an amazing atmosphere inside the Hawthorns that night. And when, when Craig Dawson scored that goal that kind of effectively levelled the tie... I've never heard a noise like it. It was horrible. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. Even when Albion had a, were a man down, I think it was, let's just get this to penalties. You know, as horrible as the, that prospect is, let's get it, get it to penalties and we'll, um, we'll take our chances there. One kick away from the Premier League, you're thinking one kick, one kick wrong and you're done. But thankfully Jed Steers there, isn't it? I feel like I've got the psychological edge here and... I think we might go on to do it. Football's all about kind of fine lines. What can I do to have that little, little psychological advantage? In terms of staring people out, he owned it, didn't he? A lot of preparation went into it, a lot of rehearsals. Even the fact that Jed Steer would pass the ball to our players before they went and took the penalty. So, you know, you have to put in that work and it worked for us today. Credit to West Brom, you know, there were two tough games. They made it very difficult for us in, in both games, but I think we've deserved it. We knew that if we got through, we were playing Derby in the final. And I always just kind of felt that we'd win if it was against Derby. It just reminds me going out to Wembley. It's like going to a big wedding for me. I was out there for a big day. You meet all your friends, all your family. And for me, in the end, it was like Villa getting married back to the Premier League or something. Do you know what I mean? Just follow that, the atmosphere going to a wedding. Everyone's smiling, five, you there for a good day out. Everyone said it would be a Leeds Villa final and the fact that it wasn't gave Villa such a psychological edge and you know it, it is a shame for Derby it's the last man standing when it comes to playoffs and unfortunately one of the last men that should be standing is my my beloved football club um, so you can say all you want about how you know how good Frank Lampard's Derby were it weren't enough to beat Villa in the playoff final and I think that is because a lot of Derby's effort was spent in overturning kind of the storyline I think it was almost as if Derby had been sleepwalking through it all you got you got the sense that Derby had frozen a little bit in the way that Villa did the previous year. I just thought, I hope that we're all right about these boys, that they're not going to make us feel like that again. And knowing that Jack was there the year before and Connor and a few other players, I just felt that hopefully they're feeling this same emotion that oh, I don't want to feel as bad as I did 12 months ago and I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure we win today. Apart from the Almo cross to Algarza and it kind of bounced off the back of his shoulder blades into the goal. Apart from that... There wasn't a great deal of, you know, chance creation from our side. The McGinn goal for me was a real double take moment. And as glorious and euphoric as the celebrations were, it was also a bit of when you'd stop jumping up and down, they're scratching your head thinking, has that just happened? He kind of looked back at his teammates and then back towards the the, uh, the Villa end and then back towards his teammates and then back towards the Villa end again. And it's just like, can you imagine what it must be like to, to score the goal of such importance and you're running away and seeing, what is it, 40,000 Claret and Blue fans going absolutely mental and you look back at your teammates and you're probably thinking, have, have I just done that? It must be such an incredible feeling. 99 times out of 100, you change the keeper. You're not getting the ball because I... They've got gloves, they've got hands, they can use hands. Certain things happened in a certain way that ultimately led Villa to be promoted back to the Premier League. And things, if anything, was slightly different, 
none of that potentially happens. Like, like in any final, like in any big game, it's the last 15 minutes when they pile it on is the most nerve-wracking, isn't it? Mings goes off and you think, oh, well. It was nice while it lasted. Seven minutes, Mings went off, big injury. And Courtney Horse come on to partner to and Zabe, and you're thinking, oh, here we go. Although it was very nervous at the time, you still get through it. We still managed to find a way somehow. Eventually you get over the line, just sheer relief, wasn't it? Amongst everyone, just like, can breathe again now. I don't think there was 90 minutes of elation that was bottled up in those celebrations at the final whistle. I think there'd probably been the best part of a decade's kind of frustration and disappointment and, and anger and annoyance. I think it had all bottled up to that one, that one massive moment I genuinely couldn't believe it to see Villa win like it's a trinket really isn't it the player final trophy but to see it like lifted in the sky and it like the sun hits it and you're like nah <laughs> this is what it feels this is what it feels like to win as the whistle goes and before you go mental that split second where you think have we done it is that it is that is, that, is it over now and then you go mental <laughs> back where we belong and it was it was a feeling that Aston Villa were back where we belong and true typical Aston Villa they went the scenic route, didn't they? <laughs> they went the scenic route with as many speed bumps as you could possibly imagine, um, which probably made it all, all the more sweeter, didn't it? Thank you, mate. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. At the moment, I'm not quite sure how it feels yet. Um, you know, this is new to me. I've not been in this position before, so... You know, I'll take each minute as it comes and, and see where it takes me from here. But I think we've built a connection between the players, the staff and the supporters. And I think that's what's helped us, you know, during this run. What's your favourite photograph from either that 10-game winning run or the semi-final or the final or, or scenes post-final post is the one that stands out as being a favourite? I think it was just before we went one more, one more, uh, one more game, one more game. It gives me good response now, to be fair. Not, not surprised if you that with it being um, obviously not in the final, not at Wembley, not, not at all the tip, tip of time. Steve Smith, in front of the live fans, that would be awful. Just pointing at them, saying thank you and one more. Real, real strong, isn't he, Jack? I like the one of Jack Grealish kind of draped the flag, you know, the cheap flag, and it's like, we're going up. If that was in black and white, and that was 1957, you're looking at the best filler photo of all time. It's just a footballer who plays a little bit differently to everyone else. And when I say plays differently, it's like he'll do the mad things like wear those knackered, knackered boots. Like, does that happen? Do people do that? And Jack Grealish does. I love looking at photographs of those battered boots now because it kind of, it almost, they're almost kind of signify how battered and worn out and, and tired we all were during the excitement and the, the twists and turns of that run. It's a significant image now because those football boots and you know, give the boy some credit. The, the the kid whose feet were in them have delivered such a such a, a, a I don't know an iconic moment for for our football club. The photo and it's any kind of variety that I can find of Jack and Dean Smith holding the trophy together. Aston Villa having a nice time out of somewhere for the first time in a decade, pretty much. Villa have got something to shout about. That's what success is. This is what it's like to, to be a successful club, even if it's just for one day and there's bad times that will that will follow that. Just for that one day, that was enough. It's a split two-part image, really. Part one of it is there's just a photograph that we've got of Dean Smith standing on the balcony. It's a very understated expression on his face and it's almost relief, pride, joy, and it's just that. So that's part one of the photo. There's a picture of the scenes back down on the ground below. And these fans and these just kind of 
you know, they're all wearing the, the, the shirts and the colours, but they're all wearing this joy, this this expression of sheer joy, looking back up in kind of awe and wonder at the heroes that have delivered this moment. Juxtapose those photos together, it tells the story of a fan base and a football club that after so many years of disappointment were at one with each other. And again, it might be a cliche, but I think that I think that, that togetherness was what helped Villa deliver, uh, you know, such an iconic moment. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.